Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 124 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have Miss USA herself, Tara Connor. She is a TV host, recovery advocate, actress, motivational speaker, There literally is nothing Tara can't do. On this episode, Tara gets really open and honest and vulnerable about where she is at during this pandemic and how she is dealing with her recovery, sobriety, and trying to become a mother and homeowner. This episode is fantastic, so let's get into it. Now is a better time than ever to take a break from the bottle. See what you have to gain by going booze-free for 30 days. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com and sign up for the 30 days to gain booze-free challenge. You will receive daily emails full of inspiration, motivation, and education. Two daily worksheets to keep you accountable. See what you have to gain by putting the bottle down today. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com. Tara Connor, what the hell's going on? Oh, you know, just sitting in my living room. We have so many things happening right now. I feel yeah. like, yeah, I feel like it's been like a year of nose or a couple of years of mm-hmm. nose. And then lately it's just been like, yes, 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 yes. And so my brain is trying to wrap around that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. You're like, yes, but I have no idea what you're talking about. I know, I, I know exactly what you're talking. I mean, probably in different contexts, obviously, but like, how do you feel when you get the yeses though? Um, honestly, I'm feeling a little, my nose is snotting. Sorry. Um, I'm feeling a little, when's the other foot going to drop? Yeah. And which is very old behavior for me. Like I haven't, I haven't really 
have that pop up where like fear sets in. But yeah. Um, when is this going to air? Uh, probably like next week. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, we haven't like announced it or anything. Not that it's an announcement because everything's an announcement. I'm not pregnant yeah. to my knowledge. Okay. But my husband and I just closed escrow on our house what? and it's like, ah, that's amazing. <laughs> like, it's so, so cool. So much adulting, yes. so much paperwork. Um, it's just a lot. And then we've been doing fertility treatments and we've been, it's just so much adulting, but it's not, it's, I haven't heard yeses in a while. So even hearing yes, it was like the first offer that we've ever put on a house and it was accepted. And that never happens, especially right now in today's market. It's insane. So, you know, obviously it's like you put in all of your down payment and then you drain your bank accounts and then you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever like, do you ever like freak out and you're like, okay, I want this. I want this so bad. I want this so bad. And then you finally get it and you're like, um, just kidding. I don't think this is what I thought I wanted. Oh my God. Right. Uh, do I need this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of where we're at, but it's also, it's just a lot of stress. It's a lot of moving parts but it's good. It's kind of like a, it's a blessing of recovery. Like I would never in a million years be where I am if I wasn't sober as fuck. Yeah. And Uh, if I didn't have those tools to get me through it and it's just been, like I said, one thing after another, like we started a fertility process a few weeks or this past month mm -hmm. and we've been going through fertility issues for the past two and a half years, but we've been doing treatments for, the past, like since November. And so it was like, yes, the cycle is a go. Yes. We're going to go get a pre-approval for a home. Yes. We put it in offer. Yes. We're going to this appointment. Yeah. And everything's just happening so fast. Yeah. But it's great. It's all good things. But the little poor girl in me is like, it's it's not going to last. Oh, dude. I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> it's like myself. Yeah. Like your little self-worth is like, Ooh, wait, <laughs> what am I doing? Do I right. know what this? safe? Is this going to be okay? Like, are yeah. we going to survive this? Totally. Yeah, it's yeah. Are you safe? That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Dude. How do you push past that? Um, I, I, I mean, I've been sober for, um, 14 and a half years now and Damn. which is just a number mm-hmm. but I've done so much work in sobriety whether it's been through therapy or 12-step processes or meds whatever but I just I, I've had too much experience sober where everything works itself out to not trust that everything's going to work itself out yeah it's kind of like, does God feed the animals? Yes. Then we're probably going to be okay. Like, I don't think that we're ever brought to a place to just be dropped off there. Yeah. Totally. So the belief is there and it's very real, but yeah. then the insecure little Poe girl comes out and says, oh. <laughs> help me. I'm poor. Help me. I'm poor. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. yeah that little fucking, that inner voice, man, it just can really fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have it. Yeah. We all have it. I'm just, I just share mine with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like today I feel very crazy. 
<laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Because <laughs> I drink from my Christmas mug in April. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Um, Tara, I want to back it up just a yes. little bit for people who don't know your past or your story. I know you've been sober for 14 years, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Thank like, you. Amazing. Um, but can you bring us back to like what what happened? What was life like like pre sobriety? Sobriety. So I grew up in a really small town in Kentucky, and I mean, small small town, like twenty three hundred people, two stoplights. Damn tiny okay um and my addiction began when I was like 14 years old so it was just normal adolescence like peer pressure like I want to fit in so let me have my first drink with these cheerleaders and I didn't know I share about this a lot but the adolescent brain when it's under the influence causes it to be so much more susceptible to becoming dependent Mm -hmm. and so I was playing Russian roulette with my brain chemistry and I had no idea. And I was just one of those lucky ones that developed a dependency. And so within a year I was doing opiates, morphine, like whatever I could get my hands on, but I was just functioning, Mm. functioning, just not causing like too much help. But anyway, so there was that. And then I found that, uh, I was doing pageants right when that kind of started up. And when I would win a pageant, people would be like, oh my God, look how pretty she is. She's so smart. 4.0 GPA. When I say like newspapers, all two of them in my town, like two whole newspapers, but it convinced everyone that I was like this, like poly purebred pageant girl. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I just, that was my ultimate mask for a lot of years. And the, you know, my refuge was in drugs and alcohol and it worked for me until it didn't. And then, um, in 2006, I won Miss USA and I was the first girl from Kentucky to ever win. And like, woo, like, (laughs) you know, when you have that idea of, well, when this happens, that's when I'll feel better. When I make this much money, that's when I'll feel better. Like when he comes back, that's when I'll feel better. All of these things, I ended up getting everything on the outside that I thought would make me feel whole on the inside. Mm. And I was never more miserable in my life. Mm. And so, you know, I think a lot of people have this misconception that I won Miss USA and I just partied it up in New York and a small town girl went nuts. But yeah, you know, the truth was, was like my partying wasn't partying. It was self-medicating because on the inside, I felt like I was never going to be good enough for anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And there was a lot of pressure, especially when you have a sash that's like, you're important. And I'm like, totally like you're supposed to act this way, this like cookie cutter way. And it's right. like, especially with Miss USA, like, come on, there's right. not a lot of wiggle room there. Not a lot of wiggle room there. So I, I don't know. I just, um, finally, I think I pissed off Miss Teen USA. I think that's how the story goes. And she called my boss and she was like, me, Tara's doing coke. And so wow. <laughs> they drug tested me yeah. and I failed miserably. And then the next day I was on the front page of all the newspapers and turning on the radio, they're like, Miss USA fills a drug test for cocaine. And I was like, oh shit. How do you think I have all this energy? Duh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how do you think that I'm getting through all of this insanity? Let's be real. Yeah. She had a little help. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, I, I think that ultimately I feel like we all get the experience that we need that's going to make us take a, a deeper look at ourselves. And there's really something about having an entire world saying like you're a mess mm-hmm. and you're X, Y, and Z. And this is when the stigma was like stigma. This was before yeah. people were so like, Oh my God, Demi Lovato. Good for you. Like I didn't get that. Right. I got your trash. You're a mess. You're a disgrace. And, you know, and I knew because I paid attention in rehab that like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just sick. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trash. I wasn't a disgrace. I was sick. And now I know how to get better because you can't fix something unless you know it's broken. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, I had to face the stigma head on, which is why I became an advocate for recovery. And that's why I recovered out loud, mainly because. Well, at the beginning, it was because they made me. They were like, you need to do a media tour when you get out of treatment. Oh, shit. To tell how, how is that not like pressure, like putting pressure on your recovery? Like, holy shit. Well, I don't know. It was all such a blur because mm-hmm. it was just a blur. And when you're Miss USA, you're a product of an organization. So right. you got a team of 30 people that are managing every step that you make, every interview that you do, everything that you say, like how you say it. And I, um, I just, it was a lot. And if they told me I wanted to do aftercare, like I wanted to do like, you know, three months of intensive aftercare, but I only had a few months left as Miss USA. So they were like, no, you can't do that. Oh, wow. And by the way, if you want to keep your job and by the way, mm. Matt Lauer wants to see you the week or two days after you get back from treatment. Cause they get the exclusive, the exclusive. Oh, and that's when I was like, did you get touched by a family member? Like that. Kind oh, of stuff. fuck. No, no. Cause I wasn't ready to share about that stuff yet. I was yeah. just figuring it out, you know, but people yeah. were like, so what happened? Yeah. Give us the inside scoop. Like what's the inside scoop? (laughs) What was the real thing? I remember when I was interviewed by Oprah, she was like, if you could say one thing to the world that they don't know, go. And I was like, ah, I was raped. I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's just such an uncomfortable position when you're being like your puppet. Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. And I was 20, 21. 21 didn't know my ass from my elbow yeah yeah whoa I know okay so I mean do you think okay do you think being managed through this time helped you or hindered you I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023 say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. 
Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V I B E gummies.com. As far as my recovery went, yeah. I think the first five years, truthfully, of my recovery, I was just trying to prove to everyone that I wasn't the piece of shit they thought I was. Mm. You know, because when you have a, a slew of people commenting on the way that you've lived your life or the past mistakes that you've made, like there was a part of me that like, none of us want to look bad. I think that's one of our, like our core fears. It's like fear of looking bad. And we're all trying to please somebody. It's why Instagram and Facebook and all social media is like a highlight reel. We're all trying to look good. Totally. But we also don't want to be judged too. Right. Right. Like, right. No one wants to be judged. So a lot of us, fear being vulnerable and putting our stuff out there until we actually do it. And we're like, Oh, that didn't hurt so bad. That actually helped. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, they, they best basically managed everything that I did until I gave the title away in California. And that's how I ended up living in California from New York. Um, I was here for three weeks preparing for the next Miss USA pageant. Cause it's like a live telecast and it's, it's a performance and it's like, they got to get it down pat. Right. So right. while I was out here, I started going to meetings okay. in California and I was like, Oh, everyone's so happy here. And like, if you're new, they clap their hands. And if you relapse, they clap for you. Like they're so joyous. Like they sing you happy birthday. Yeah. This is not like that in New York. It's more like take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, this is the place to be. <laughs> and so I had two suitcases and $5,000. And I was like, I'm going to oh. live in Los Angeles now. And I was so brave. I don't know. I, I yeah. couldn't do that now. Yeah. With two suitcases and five grand. Yeah. I did the same thing too. Really? <laughs> when I was like 23. I like hopped the border from, from Vancouver and wow. I made my mom like, cause you can't get a one-way ticket out of uh, Vancouver. Oh, wow. The state. Like, no, you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, literally I'm like, drive me to Seattle, drive me across the border. And so I can get a one-way ticket and I just two suitcases, no phone. I had a laptop. Wow. And I think I had, yeah, like a couple grand. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that insane? It's fucking insane. Like I would never do that now. No, no, I am not brave. (laughs) Just like getting a house, like 25 minutes outside of Los Angeles. I'm like, it's so new. (laughs) 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 You mean I have a new target? Yeah. Oh God. (laughs) Cause you just get so comfortable with your, your immediate setting. Totally. (laughs) Especially in LA. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's the unknown. It's like, that's what I found. Like the last time I went through the work, when I looked at my fear inventory, it always boils down to fear of looking bad and fear of the unknown. Mm. That's what messes us all up. Everything falls into that. Yeah. Even if it's like fear of spiders, well, it's the fear of the unknown. You don't know if they're going to like eat your insides when you're sleeping at night. Totally. Or just, you know, fuck off and spin a web. It like in your ear, you don't know. <laughs> in your ear, your ear. <laughs> and your death. So, and your death. That. Yeah. And one of these, like probably in about two weeks, there's going to be itchiness in there because things are going to crawl out of it. Stop. 
Um, <laughs> see, fear of the unknown. Fear of so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, I just made it work. It yeah. just made it work. Yeah. You're a survivor. It's like, I swear to God, it has to do obviously too, like being younger. I find mm-hmm. you just kind of like, you have nothing to lose. You're nothing like, to lose. Fuck it. Yeah. This doesn't work out. I'll go somewhere else or I'll yeah, go home or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember being at that stage where I'm like, well, my, my foot's touching the bottom. There's only one way to go from here, which is up. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And then it's like, you know, fear of not getting what you want and then fear of losing what you have. So mm-hmm. back then it was like, well, if I don't get what I want. And now I'm like, I have a husband to lose. I have a house to lose. I have three dogs to lose. Like it's a whole new set of fear. Yeah. You got more skin in the game. Adulting. <laughs> but then that there's like the other side of the coin. It's like, but then I have more skin in the game. Right. You know, like the more that I'm like open and can like be accepting of these beautiful things, mm-hmm. the more skin I got in the game. Yeah. And then the more yeah. it comes to you. Yes. You know, I think that something, I mean, my husband and I were talking about this um, the other day. I think it was not last December that we just had, but the December before that, before the coronavirus hit and all of that madness was going on. Yeah. We were sitting in our loft and we're both looking at each other like, how are we supposed to ever buy a house? Like, mm. if we don't get pregnant on our own, how are we supposed to be able to afford fertility treatments? Like, what are it's all of these things? Like, what if, what if, what if? Yeah. And then, so we you know, we were both just like feast or famine. We were both famine at the same time. And it was terrifying because we had been married for like, you know, a whole year and a half. And we're like, what do we do? Like, so we downsized, we like got a smaller place. I started like teaching yoga, um, as just a get real job, because that's something that I learned at three years sober when I thought I was too cute to work (laughs) uh, (laughs) that you can't save your face and your ass at the same time. And so, you know, I was like, I better learn a skill for when the foot drops and the foot dropped, you know, and I just, I, I worked my ass off and then I finally built it back to a place where, where I was making enough money to where I could get my nails done if I wanted to again. And I could order Postmates without crying about it. And I was like, yes. And then Corona hit. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, 
H-E-L-P dot com slash A-S-G-G. And then I'm like, well, shit. But anyway, when we were having that conversation together, we were like thinking like, we just want this. We would like to have this number in the bank account so that we could feel safe. Right. And we would like to be able to live this way. And that's, that's the goal. And we were thinking, trying to make like a five to 10 year plan to make those things happen. And then it all just happened. Like during a pandemic, it all just happened except being pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you're on your way to that. But we're on our way to that. Like I could be with child right now. I'll know in three days, but like, you know, it's just, uh, you know, when I was going through the work this uh, last time around with my, my current sponsor, I would always hear like my home group talk about God wants you to have the desires of your heart. Like we're all capable of having the desires of our heart. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to believe that so fiercely because I'm like, that's great. Cause that means like, if I want it, I can get it. And you know, and meaning like something as you know, shallow as like nails, but something also as like deep as like, I can get peace. You mean I can have contentment? I can have like comfort? Whoa. Yeah. And so I started to gather those things. But have you ever, I'm sure you have, like, they're like, if you stay sober long enough, you'll get a life beyond your wildest dreams. Yes. And I always yes. used to think it was such bullshit. Bullshit. Yes. <laughs> well, I had it. Well, but prefits, like the, the people who would always say it, it would always be a dude. Sure. And it would always, <laughs> like, always, yeah, without fail. I'm like, you just stay cool. sober long enough, little one. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, I'm like, well, I'm a woman. I'm a single woman. And you're like a macho dude who like owns five businesses or something like whatever. Um, yeah. And then like they'd leave and like they're sick ass Porsche or like something. And I'm just like, help. What? Help. What am I doing wrong? Right. Yeah. Like, really, guy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I felt that way for a minute. And then when we started dealing with the infertility issues, it was like, am, am I going to get the desires of my heart? Like I had a really weird push and pull with God for like two years because I I'm doing the work and I'm trying and God, God's not a microwave. Like he's not like, put this in there, let it bake for a second. And then I'll give you this. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah. But like, I had gotten to the point where I felt like, whoa, like if I don't go to enough meetings, is this why I'm not getting pregnant? Is it because I'm not praying enough? Is it because I'm not doing this? And it really resorted back to an old idea that I had of God years ago that didn't work. And so, you know, for like a year, it's literally been a year, especially after the pandemic hit, there was a paradigm shift because you can't go to meetings every day. We couldn't show up to meetings every day. I can't go and meet with my sponsor in person. Like all of those old ideas, which they're old ideas now of how my recovery was supposed to look, they weren't, I couldn't do those things. So I was like, I got to make my God bigger. And I have to like, I'm done. Like I don't want to be a dog and pony show where I have to show out for God to want to like fuck with me. So I deliberately made a choice to kind of just sit back and trust and just allow, I'm just going to sit back (laughs) and I'm just going to allow whatever to happen to happen. I'm not going to pray for that shit to happen. I'm not going to like, which I don't, I'm not into the selfish prayers anyway, but like, 
I'm just not, I'm done. It's like the best form of surrender. Yeah. And my husband went through the same thing. We were just like, we don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't know. And so when you're holding on like that and you finally go, I don't fucking know. Your hand is open. So things can be placed in your hand. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, and. Huh. I would cry, but I'm on meds. (laughs) (laughs) All of the things that were like the desires of my heart. Yeah. It's just been yes, 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 yes. Like my husband just like bought a fucking Tesla. And he asked me. Tesla gang. Um, By the by, it's like driving in an iPhone. I know. (laughs) It's fantastic. I love it. Like you can't test drive it because now my car feels like a tractor. (laughs) So crazy. So true. It's so true. That's a a perfect, perfect analogy. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, what did he get? What model? He got the model three, but he got the performance dual motor. Ooh. I'm like, did you really pay that extra so that it would go zero to 60 and like 0.2 seconds quicker? Yeah. Oh, sure did. He, did. he sure did. <laughs> he loves it. Oh, it's, I already got a speeding ticket. Oh, you did? Well, I yeah. told him too. I was like, just you gotta be careful. Go this fast doesn't mean that you need to go this fast. Because you don't know. There's a slight need, though. Is there? Like, yeah. I mean, I hear that. I hear you. But I mean, also, in the first little bit, like, you kind of have to flex. I, yeah, it's true. Yourself. I drove it for the first time, and I was on the freeway, and I was like, oh, I'm going 100 miles per hour. Yeah. But it felt like I was going 60. Yep. Then I could see why people would get speeding tickets. Yeah. Has a mind of its own. That's true. A mind of its own. Yeah. So we did that. And then our house is beautiful. Oh my God. (laughs) When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. So excited. My backyard has a waterfall. and What? Landscaping is beautiful and it's pleasant. 
and it's quiet. Oh my God. And it's pretty. Yeah. I have four bedrooms. We don't have enough furniture. <laughs> oh my God. I'm coming to sleep over. Come sleep over. <laughs> That's I, amazing. I'm so grateful because you never know what life is going to do. And especially when you think back two Decembers ago, we were like, we're never going to have that. <laughs> and then, but now we do. Do you think like maybe partially, you know, even just having that, like, that's a hard conversation to have with your partner, right? Like yeah. the, the reality is not like always a sexy conversation. No, not at all. Right? So do you think that maybe like, you know, we actually talked about like kind of admits and, and admitting, you know, where you're at, even in recovery, but admitting like where you're at, even in like your finances and like mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Do you think that almost like maybe gave you a little permission to be like, fuck, like, I mean, I've always with most of my relationships, I've always been the bread bringer. Okay. Like I've always been the one. And when I say bread bringer, I don't mean that they don't work. I just mean that like, I've always made more than my partner. Yeah. And so for the first, like first year of our marriage, like I was making more, but I was cool with it. He had a great business. He owns an apparel company that's dope. And I was like, this is awesome. He's steady. Mm -hmm. And then you know, my main business is like public speaking. Well, when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. guess you're, there's no public speaking happening. Yeah. There's no going to speak at fundraisers. There's no going to speak at colleges. Like you can go virtual, but that also brings all the prices down. And, yeah. you know, I, I was for the first time, my husband made more than me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, And then he started making way more than me. And I was like, oh, (laughs) and eventually it just kind of shifted. It shifted. I was like, oh, because I have always had to take care of myself. I've always had to be the one to pull my shit out of the fire. Like my parents are amazing, but they were not those parents that were like, oh, you're struggling. Here's a thousand dollars. Like it was never that way. Never, never, never. I mean, if I needed something, I could be like, hey, guys. I'm not eating (laughs) and they would give me like enough money for food. But I just, I have always had to take care of myself. I've always had to be the one to figure it out. Right. And all of a sudden I have a husband that's saying, don't worry about rent, babe. I got it. And I'm like, what? Cause I used to use that as a means of control. (laughs) Like you better act right. Yes. Cause I pay the bills. Right. Because I used to be a petty asshole. <laughs> I still, Cassandra lives in there. She's still yeah. there. But it was a huge blow to my identity. I went through a little identity oh. crisis. And then I was like, hang on. Ev- no one's doing shit right now. Everything's weird right now. Mm-hmm. I can't go anywhere. There's no red carpets to walk. Like everything's shut down. So my depression and anxiety were like, oh. I could breathe because mm. we were all in the same playing field. Yeah. And we were all, it was all a shit show for everyone. And I was like, this is great. I don't have to flex right now. I don't have to wear makeup for a whole year. Oh my God. Perfect. It was great. I loved it. And yeah. now that things are reopening, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, I want things to reopen. I want the economy to be great. 
but I also really enjoy working from home. Yeah. Yeah. And I also just enjoy my like core little pod of people. Cause in Los Angeles, we take this shit seriously. Yeah. There's a mask everywhere you go. People get fights over if you don't have a mask on or not. It's nuts. Yeah. Okay. It's been crazy. Well, can you not like take the stuff that you've learned and like shift that into something tangible? Yeah. I mean, so this past year when, when Corona hit and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know who I am right now. Like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be. It was a really nice reset because I love being an advocate for recovery and I love sharing about that stuff, but I hate Instagram. I hate social media. Like I, you know, there's another advocate that a lot of people know, Jessica Landon. She and I had this talk show that we were doing called Real Talk 100 here in Los Angeles right before the pandemic hit. And so it was like, that was our podcast talk show that we were working on. And then, you know, she had a baby and, and it just like shut everything shut down. But I hate this new thing where if I don't put my shit out there, or if I'm not active on social media, then I'm going to fall into obscurity. Yeah. Then you're non-existent. Non-existent. And everyone is dealing with that. Like people are spending so much time watching reels and doing TikTok and trying to see the next trend so that they can get more views and get more followers and more acceptance, which leads to more money. Like that's the scary thing is the harder you work on being somebody or like being clickbait, you get, you can monetize that. So I'm struggling with that a lot because I'm too cute for that shit. I don't want to do it. Does it feel like disingenuine to you? Yes. Okay. Yes. 100% because yeah. there's, look, there, back in 2006, when I got sober, there were like two recovery advocates. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. So I've been on the ground going place to place, to prisons, to drug courts, to Capitol Hill, to different media outlets, all of these different things. Like I put the footwork into being an advocate for sure now people get to do it from just having an online presence which is great and it's important because it shows you that it's possible and it's more relevant which is amazing yeah but But, I think it's a totally different we're talking totally different like hemispheres here yeah it's you know you will someone who is like just coming up online will never have the experience or knowledge that you will have being in the trenches. That's just, I I hear that. And I feel that too, but I think that it's like a little personal struggle that I've been having with just being like, I'm, I'm known as like a TV personality slash miss USA slash, you know, out there, (laughs) like you're supposed to be somebody. And, you know, in this, me being somebody or being in my, field was like doing a TED talk and like traveling around and like putting my hands in the dirt and really seeing what needs, what needs change, what's really happening. And now it's pivoted into such a way that, oh, if I don't do enough social media, then like, how do they have a check mark? And I don't like, we're comparing ourselves to each other. 
It's like a sad world. I'm just having, that's like my current struggle with like, whatever. I think that it's important to pivot no matter what. I think it's important to, you know, take care of yourself, but I want to do things that fulfill me. I want to do things that make me feel like I'm being really useful. And one of the, like, so I've been doing a lot of like process groups at rehabs. Like I'm actually showing up to treatments now and cool running grooves doing peer to peer recovery and like getting my hands dirty because it just feels better to me, yeah. you know? And I get to totally. see it, I get to see the new trends. I get to see what works and what doesn't. And, but I just, but I also love my life. I just love it. Yeah. Well then fuck it. Instagram it. isn't for you. So ah! like, peace out Instagram. It's a, but it's a necessary evil because you and I wouldn't be talking right now if it wasn't for Instagram. True. I mean, mm-hmm. this is definitely a blessing of Instagram. Yes, for sure. 100%. And I'm, yes. you know, and I'm grateful. I mean, I do love that I can take the things that I'm going through and it turns into like a whole new backup group. Like Mm -hmm. when I was dealing with infertility for the first year, two years, I felt really alone in it because all of my friends were getting pregnant. Some of them have had two kids at this point. Like they're, you know, one in eight people or one in eight women or couples deal with infertility. One in four have a miscarriage. Like it's a really common thing, but we don't talk about it much like we never used to talk about recovery. Totally. And so when I finally started sharing how I was feeling and what, what new procedure I was having done and what drugs I had to take, like on came this new light, like, like amazing level of support that I didn't have before, like an online community. So that part of social media, I love totally. That part is what I try to nurture. Yeah. But it's, it all has to come from an authentic place because trying to look good for other people almost killed me. Yeah. You know? Yes. So I'm really like specific, real specific, but that's good. We should do all things with intention. Totally. And I think that's an awesome realization that you, you know, for yourself. Yeah. That's great. So fuck off Instagram. I feel like we just process something for me we just process my resentment against instagram (laughs) good good i'm happy to help happy to talk it out yeah (laughs) uh i got got one more one more question for you uh okay for anyone listening to us right now what you know maybe they're in their their recovery journey or thinking about it what piece Mm -hmm. of advice could you give someone listening right now Oh, wow. Recovery is such a big journey. Um, nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm. So basically what I mean by that is you, you've got to, if, if you're in recovery and you're uncomfortable, like you're not meant to get sober to be miserable. Yeah. Otherwise you're just going to use again. Yeah. So you know, whether you have time or are new or whatever, if you're not getting to a place where you feel okay, ask for more help, do more direction, seek help because no one is ever going to do it for you. It has to come from you, but there will also always be people there if you reach your hand out. So you've got to 
not be afraid of looking bad. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, Tara, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Tara E. Connor, because some bitch stole my name. Um, <laughs> T-A-R-A-E-C-O-N-N-E-R. Yes. Um, or I'm on ins- or Facebook, just Tara Connor. Okay. I'm on Instagram. That one, I have the full name, Tara Connor. <laughs> Got it. Locked it down. Yeah. Um, and, and is it cool if people, you know, are struggling and need to, please, to if you're struggling or tripping, reach out to me, hit, hit it, hit it in the DM. Cause I will get back to you. If you need help, if you need treatment, if you need, you know, whatever come to me, I'm always an ear for people always. Awesome. Good yeah. Luck. Thank you so much, Tara. Thanks Thank you so, so much. much. For sharing your story and your wisdom and your knowledge. You're so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I love when I have amazing podcast guests just like Tara who are just so open, honest, real, laying it down how it is. As always, thank you so much for listening. We could not be doing this without you and your love and support. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, leave comments. We love to hear your feedback. Follow us on Instagram at, at a Sober Girls Guide and Facebook at a Sober Girls Guide and the blog. Don't forget to check out the blog. A SoberGirlsGuide.com has you lock stocked and loaded. Not in that sense. We have you covered from anything you need in your recovery journey. From how-tos, tips, tricks, challenges, workbooks, even to Sober Girl merch. Wear it loud and proud, baby. Head to a SoberGirlsGuide.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.